Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Anita Marks with you on this Saturday afternoon here on 98.7 ESPN. A little extended version of the show with you until 3.30 this afternoon. Heading into uh, the pregame show for Cardinals Phillies. And then you'll be able to listen to that, that game right here on 98.7 ESPN. We're going to dive into a little bit of everything in the next three and a half hours. I do want to kick it off with Yankees and the Cleveland Guardians. Why? They're about to uh, start first pitch in about six minutes. So um, I want to start there. We'll get into some NBA, both Knicks and Nets. I'm, uh, I'm hoping for a lot of uh, caller participation. Really want to hear from Knicks and Nets fans, the state of both organizations and both franchises. Um, Nick Friedel, we're going to hear from him, does a phenomenal job, of course, covering all things NBA for ESPN. Um, also, um, we're going to dive, obviously, into some Mets. Uh, they play a little bit later on this afternoon. Of course, they get a win last night. So uh, hopefully uh, back in the win column and hopefully that will continue. Also, uh, let's talk a little bit about what's going on in the NFL and Deshaun Watson. Um, we are just uh, about a month away from uh, from players, rookies and whatnot reporting to camp. And before we know it, football season will be here before we know it. And also I do want to dive into the Live LIV 54 tournament because it's about to head here to New Jersey where there's going to be some protests. So just to kind of give you a, a wide span array of all the topics that we're going to hit on in the next three and a half hours. But so what happened last night? Some horrible weather in Cleveland. So the Yankees game was postponed till today. Uh, first pitch is in about five minutes. And, uh, and then later on, so you've got Garrett Cole going, about, going up against McCarty today. Now, uh, that was not supposed to be the pitching matchup last night. It was supposed to be Garrett Cole and, um, hold on, and Savali. Uh, but now Savali has been moved to the 6 o'clock game going up against nasty Nestor Cortez, who his last two outings, not so nasty. Um, but hopefully he can... Uh, get back to being that nasty nester later on this evening. Uh, but a, a few things really quick before this, uh, this, this game kind of first pitch goes off. Uh, by the way, we've got Jake and Anthony working on a weekend. How about that? Gentlemen, gentlemen, excited to be working with you this afternoon. Now, Jake, I, I know you're a big Yankees fan. Now hear me out. As we know, Garrett Cole has just been an absolute beast. He's sitting with a 6-2-2-9-9 ERA. He's averaging 10 strikeouts a game. His last two games, I think he hit like, what, 11, 12 strikeouts, right? Like, he's just been like a, a, a whiff meister. He's certainly been a lot better. And on the opposite side of things, Nestor Cortez Jr., who's been so good, has kind of come back down to earth, you could say. So, right, Garrett Cole, right. but that's, all... that's, that's the later game. But hear me out yes. for this game that's mm-hmm. about to, to, to tee off in about three minutes. This is really going to be fun, and I've already put this wager in. Garrett Cole under, if I was to tell you, hey, listen, I'm going to take $100. I'm going to put $100 on Garrett Cole under six and a half strikeouts. What would you say? I would say that's a tough bet right now with the way he's pitching. Exactly. Now, you can get this at plus 115. It's plus money. Okay, now here's what's really going to be fun. And and I'm going to keep you up to speed throughout the show on this game. 
and that is the Cleveland Guardians are the one uh, the, the the best team in the NFL in the NFL the best team in Major League Baseball with the least amount of strikeouts. They have struck they have struck out the least of any all 30 teams in Major League Baseball and like by a lot. The second team with the least amount of strikeouts is the Astros. And the Guardians have 50 less strikeouts than the Astros this season. I mean, I mean like, by a lot. Not by, like, 4, 10, or 15, or 20. 50 strikeouts. So this is going to be fun. They only average 7 strikeouts a game. So, um, now, listen. Are the Yankees going to win? Yeah, I do believe the Yankees are going to win. Uh, this dude, McCarty, he's 0-1 with a 10-2-9 ERA. It'll be lucky if he lasts more than one inning against this, Lanky, this, this Yankees lineup. So, you know, to me, this, 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 this 12 o'clock game, it's not about Yankees win. Yankees better win this game, right? I mean, this is a spot start for this, this kid because, um, because of, of the, the postponement. But, but more importantly, and, and I'm going to be following this game throughout the show, let's have some fun with it, okay? And, uh, and see how many strikeouts Garrett, could, Garrett Cole can get against the best team in Major League Baseball um, against strikeouts. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see what he can do today. That's for sure. All right. Um, so again, doubleheader for the Yankees. And then uh, later on this afternoon, around 4 o'clock, you've got the Mets going at it as well. Um, Anthony DeComo is going to join us on uh, on the program around two o'clock this afternoon. We'll talk some Mets as uh, we're going to get closer and closer. The, the trade deadline will be here before we know it. Um, it's August second, and both the Mets and the Yankees—I like to call it active and attractive—making money moves. Both teams needing to uh, make some moves to make sure that they are in a prime prime spot. Um, to, uh, to, to go to the next level, especially when they, uh, they get into the postseason to try to uh, win a World Series. And, uh, and I'm sure, I, I, don't, I mean, Jake, let me ask you this. Like, I'm hoping for a crash collision, a crash course collision for both the Mets and the Yankees to face off against one another in the World Series. Are you? Are you hoping for a Yankees-Mets World Series? So if the Yankees get there, I'll, I'll be happy just in general. I don't care who it's against. But we've had this discussion on ESPN Radio a few times, and it's losing to the Mets of all teams. It's just like you'd never live it down. You would hear it for the rest of your life. So I don't know if the risk is worth the reward. Because, again, if the Yankees win, it's like, okay, everyone expects the Yankees to be the big brother that always kind of dominates the Mets. But if the Mets win, that's a tough one. That's a tough one to live with for the rest of your life. You know, all the friends of yours that are Mets fans are going to be, yeah, we haven't won in 40 years, but the one we did get was against you guys. So I don't know. But for the city, for the radio station, for the buzz that it would cause – a Yankees-Mets Subway Series World Series would be absolutely incredible. I'm hoping for it to happen. I think it would be sensational. Um, and, and again, as we get closer to the trade deadline, as we know, both these teams um, expected to make Anita, it to the I just want to say this real quick. I, yeah. I get like anxiety watching the Yankees versus the Orioles in an April game. So a Yankees-Mets World Series, again, I was seven years old in 2000 so I kind of remember it it's like the first memories as a, of a kid as a little kid like growing up watching baseball but as a 28 year old now who's obsessed with sports and the Yankees in particular I don't think I would be able to like even watch it would be just so 
intense. You said you get from watching Uncut Gems. You know, you had a Ajita. Yeah, that's what I would be going through watching a Yankees Mets World Series. I think it would be tremendous. Uh, sorry that it would cause you such agita, but I think it would really be tremendous. So, uh, again, both these teams, and, and I've, I've said this before on my show, the Brainiacs up in Bristol, um, you know, who graduated from MIT and, and, and all those Ivy League schools, um, they've put together an FPI percentage probability, blah, 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 of which teams at this point in the season more than likely have the highest probability of facing off against each other in the World Series. And the Mets, Yankees have the second highest probability of that, that materializing, of that happening, which, again, again, I love. Uh, again, the Mets, they are in action later on this afternoon at 4 o'clock. Williams pitching for the Mets. He's 1-4 with a 3-6-4 ERA going up against Perez for the Rangers. Uh, the, the, uh, the Mets beat the Rangers last night 4-3. Escobar, a three-run home run uh, to break that tie. Thank goodness. Peterson, 10 strikeouts on his behalf. Good for him. Chris Bassett was supposed to pitch last night, but apparently he's on the COVID list. Uh, and that was, that was pretty late in the afternoon because I was all over the Mets on the run line and then, um, and then had seen that, uh, that Bassett was pulled for Peterson. So loser, loser, no chicken dinner there, but nonetheless. Also, the good news for, for the Mets, and that is Scherzer is going to join the team in Cincinnati on Tuesday. And apparently today we're supposed to get an update from, um, from Buck Showalter in regard to what, what's the next step for Jacob deGrom. So hopefully, hope, hopefully by the time we have Anthony DeComo on um, from, uh, of course, covers, covers the Mets for MLB.com. You can see him all over SNY, MLB Network as well. Hopefully Buck Showalter will have spoken to the media by then. I'm sure if it's two hours before game time, hopefully he has, and we'll get a DeGrom update from him as well. So uh, that's your uh, getting you in the know in regard to uh, what's going on with the the Mets and the Yankees today. So three games, two by the Yankees, one at 12, the other one at 6, and then smack dab, kind of in the middle, uh, the Mets' first pitch is at 4 o'clock. And again, I'll keep you up to speed on that Yankees-Guardians game throughout the show and where Garrett Cole stands with his strikeout numbers. I'm really intrigued by this matchup because, again, uh, this is a spot start for McCarty. Uh, Yankees should blow the, uh, the Guardians out of the water this first game. Um, but I'm really intrigued with the, the pitching duel for Garrett Cole against that Guardians lineup. Um, in regard to the strikeout numbers. I, I think that's really the f- where the fun is going to lie in this first matchup for the Yankees against Cleveland. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. We're really not sure how the leverage is going to work. We are used to seeing star players get what they want in trades, but we've never seen a star player with four years on his contract try to force a deal like this. I don't know how you want to classify Ben Simmons a year ago, but when that happened, we saw it drag out for six months and get incredibly messy and uh, and turn into a stalemate. Kevin Durant is not down for that. Kevin Durant wants to play basketball. The Nets know this, but Kevin Durant is also not going to want to go to a team that trades away its star players to get him. He's going to want to go to a team that's in a championship situation. That's uh, Brian Winhurst. Him, Bobby Marks, Nick Friedle is going to be joining us uh, on the program as well. Um, Woj, 
Man, <laughs> these dudes have been busy, have they not? All week long. By the way, uh, Yankees and Guardians, that game has started. Um, really quick, before we do switch gears here, we start talking some NBA. Uh, Jake, little personal wager, over under six and a half strikeouts for uh, Cole. Little bottle of wine, my friend. I would love to, Anita. I would love to, because I think the last time, we didn't actually wager a bottle of wine, but I will never forget, you loved the Noah Syndergaard, and I said to you, <laughs> They're going to break this in the first inning and the Yankees, Matt Carpenter, the good old Matt Carpenter streak that he went on. I think they got like four four runs off of Syndergaard in the first. So, you know what? I'm going to back my Yankees. I'm going to back my guy, Garrett Cole. And you know what? Mm -hmm. What is it? Six and a half? Six and a half. So, he needs seven seven strikeouts. Seven. He's going for 10 today. Okay. Give me 10. All right. All right. You got it. You got it. If he goes for 10, I get two bottles of wine. Game game on. I like it. Jake Sounds good. Lapidus. Jake, Jake Lapidus. Uh, a voice voice of silly rabbit. Game on, my friend. 800-919-3776. All right, let's dive into it. Let's we're going to talk a lot of NBA for the next few hours. Um and let's start with what's going on with the Nets and Kevin Durant. We just heard from Brian Winhurst. We're hearing the same thing from a number of, of, of analysts and, and reporters, of course, who have their finger on the pulse of not just the Nets, but the NBA in general. And that is, you know, this is unprecedented. This is this is a situation where, you know, typically when a big star player like this, like 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 KD wants to be traded, it's usually, you know, they've got one year left on their deal. Okay. This is typically what we see. This is this is an outlier situation here, okay? And so, um, you know, that player is traded to a team then that is built to win, um, is going to give it, is going to is going to do everything in their power that year to build a team around Kevin Durant, um, you know, and or, or, or Kevin Durant adding to completing, making a big two, completing a big three, having the components. But because it's a one year deal. Teams don't necessarily who would be who would typically be in the market for Kevin Durant don't have to give up the world, right? Because it's a one year deal. Why would you? This is this is this is a, a really unique situation, as we just heard uh, Brian talk about, right? Because it's four years, and you're so you're getting arguably. I think you can argue that Katie's the best player in the NBA. I don't know if I'd agree with you, but you can argue. Um, I think, you know, Jake, I think the other night we came to an agreement, right? Like, would you say KD is top 10 ever in the history of the NBA? I think you can make an argument he's as such. certainly in the discussion. And I think you could argue that he's the most gifted, talented scorer. I mean, how many seven-footers can really score the way he does? And I'm not a Durant fan at all. And listening to Brian Windhorse, it's like he has such a valid point. Why would he want to go to a team now that... Everyone's saying, oh, like if he goes to Phoenix, they would have to trade Booker to the Nets. Why would Kevin Durant want to go to Phoenix without Booker? But, but so here's what the problem is, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and here's, here's what I'm getting at. If it was a one-year deal, then the asking price for KD wouldn't be this, this much. It's 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 not just that a team is getting KD. It's a team. It's a, it's it's the fact that a team is getting KD for four years. But let me say this: in not you know. one year. That's why the asking price back, the value in that in that contract. Because what do we see? What have we seen years and years and years? Right? I call mm-hmm. it gaming the system. You've got, and I call them the alphas, the alpha dogs of the NBA. What do they do? They agree to a two-year deal, one-year opt-out. That's what they do, 
right? And then more times than not, they opt out out of their first year and then either they'll agree to more money, they'll restructure their deal or they'll leave and hit free agency and see if there's a better team out there that they could align themselves with with their buddies and create their own big three somewhere else. This is what we've seen time and time. And I don't know, did LeBron, you know, build this blueprint? You know, one would argue, yes, whatever the case may be. That's why this is a very unique situation, because this isn't a two year, one year opt out. This isn't a one year deal. This is four years. You're getting arguably the best player in the NBA, let alone top 10 ever in the history of the NBA. So therefore, this is this is where it gets complicated, because the asking price back for example, if it's Phoenix, the asking price pack is Booker. And I know folks are like, well, wait, the team can't get Booker because Ben Simmons is on this team. Please, please. If if the Nets have an opportunity to get Devin Booker on this team, like Ben Simmons, the Nets will find a way to get him off the books. But you keep, okay? you keep saying that whatever team gets Durant is going to get him for four years. How can a team be confident that they're going to get him? Didn't the Nets just think that they were going to get him for four years? years like what does a contract even mean now in the NBA Uh, Richard from Manhattan which if you listen to the station I'm sure you've heard him calling last show he just said that he thinks that this is great for the NBA and listening to it it's actually turned me off to the NBA greatly because I hate seeing this I hate seeing players kind of be these prima donnas and get what they want and it happens in the NBA all the time so seeing this happen I hate it Um, I like seeing the Nets kind of their whole building get lit on fire. As a Knicks fan, I enjoy that because I'm happy realistically it wasn't us because all these Knicks fans wanted this to happen to us and to see how it played out. It's like, thank goodness it's not the Knicks. But really, it's really frustrating to see these guys sign a contract and then just really they don't hold to it. But but here's the thing. It's it's. It's guys that have the leverage like KD, like LeBron. Curry, we don't see it. I highly doubt we'll ever see Curry play for another team other than the Golden State Warriors. But it's 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 the players that have that power. KD has that power because he's, again, arguably the best player in the NBA, let alone top 10 ever in the history of the NBA. So it's not like... You know, like you're, we're talking about like maybe one percent of the NBA or two percent of the NBA, Jake, that has the power to manipulate, as I like to call it, manipulate the system, and that's what we're seeing here. So, um, you know, it, it's really interesting because with free agency, of course, I'm on daily wager, uh, and and for you know Thursday and Friday, a, a lot of our conversation and talking gambling is, ooh, are you are you running to the window and you're putting your money down on the Suns since the Suns is the landing place that Katie wants to arrive to? Well, no, because because the Nets are, are going to want you know, the Nets are going to want something big back. And, and I would imagine that that includes Booker. Okay. Well now you send Katie to the Suns with, let's say Chris Paul, but no Aiton and no Booker. And, and who knows what else, like, you know, is Cam Johnson. So hypothetically speaking, Nets get uh, Booker and Cam Johnson in like a gazillion first round unprotected draft picks. Okay. Like in the West, you know, do you like is is that going to seal the deal for you in regard to the Suns? I, not, I don't know. Like, I'm not rushing to the window to bet on that. Now, let me ask you one thing, Andy. Who do you think's better, Kevin Durant or Rudy Gobert? 
Oh, Kevin Durant. Absolutely. Um, obviously, that's anyone, not even. Is that even not, a? It's not even, that even a question. It's not even what? a question. But the reason no. why I brought it up is because Rudy Gobert got traded yesterday, and Utah acquired unprotected picks in 2023. 2025, oh, yeah, the deal, and a top the deal was five. ridiculous. So, if they're getting that for Rudy Gobert, what do you think the Nets are going to ask for four years of Kevin Durant? The, the, the world, and, and, and that's why this is this is really, really, this is going to be really interesting to see what happens. And you know, the, the, the Nets are, 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 are totally getting screwed here. Because of, you know, don't forget, like, what they gave up to get Harden. Like, the idea here was the big three with Harden and Kyrie and KD. So, you know, it's, 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 it's time for the Nets to get back, right? Like, it's, it's and, and we just heard Stephen A. Smith with a promo just uh, about 10 minutes ago here on the station saying that, you know, uh, Marks is, is, you know, he's not doing anybody any favors. Okay, maybe KD wants to go to the Suns. Maybe he wants to go to the Heat. But if they're not putting together the best package deal that's going to benefit the net, why are the Nets going to scratch KD's back? What the hell did KD or Kyrie do for them? Screw up this organization. So, you know, it's great that, you know, KD wants to go somewhere, but the Nets need to take care of the Nets. The Nets organization bent over backwards for these three dudes and they got screwed. And so the Nets need to take care of the Nets. And so this is really, really going to be interesting. There is a third team now that, uh, that is being reported that could be in the mix for Katie. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776. Let's get to your calls. Let's go to, oh, is it Omari? Omari? Oh, it's Bobby. <laughs> you're, uh, you're, sorry about you're, that. You're, Hi, Anita. Hi, you're on the show. Yeah. I told you it's a rough day um, for me. <laughs> I, I, I really think that, uh, you know, the the media was a little unfair, I think, this entire year to Kyrie. I mean, with all, of the neg- with all of the negativity that has been screwed at this guy the entire season, okay? And I think that ultimately led to the organization – making its decision not to extend his contract. I mean, so much. And, and it eventually But o- Omari, to, Omari, uh, time out, time out. And don't go anywhere. I don't want you to hang up. But you understand that there's a track record here. Like, you know, it's it, there, there, there's a, tra- you know, a track record of this type of, 
um, volatile behavior with Cleveland, Boston, that, and then now here in Brooklyn. Like, like there's the basketball court. I'm sorry. Did that translate to the basketball court? Because all you hear on the actual basketball court was he was phenomenal. He was fantastic. He's box office. He's this and that. Yeah, but, so but, but KD wants out. But Amari, now KD wants out because he doesn't want to play with Kyrie anymore. He doesn't want, he doesn't want this drama, this no, headache. No, that's not the reason, Anita. Yes, it is. Out. This is no, what's being listen, reported, listen, Omari. This is listen, what's being reported. But listen, if if <laughs> you don't extend Kyrie's contract, which leaves his future uncertain, he's definitely going to leave next year. Why will KD be left holding the bag? Okay, they came in together in order to win championship, in order to to lift this organization. By you not extending his future, I mean this is this guy's future. All right. That sends a very negative message to Kevin Durant. Who are you going to bring in next year? A point guard that he's not he's unfamiliar with. You know, you have to secure Kyrie's contract. Okay, that will ultimately make a KD want want to to stay. But but Amari, Amari, and I appreciate the phone call. That's not what's being communicated. Listen to many who have their finger on the poles of this franchise, this organization, it began with Kyrie not getting vaxxed. It, and, and, then it, and then it escalated with the fact that the organization allowed him to come back and play on road games. Harden couldn't wait to get out of here. This, is, this isn't about, well, would, would Katie have stayed here if the organization would have given Kyrie a long-term deal? That's not what's being communicated, Amari. That's not what's being communicated. Just FYI. Let's go to Mike in Linden. Mike, welcome in. Hey, what's going, what's going on, Anita? I, I, I don't know what that guy was talking about just called, but it started way before the, the vax. I mean... The guy, Kyrie was taking time off for social issues off the court. And I agree he's a great scorer when he's on the court, but he's not dependable. I mean, they, they were blowing Milwaukee, who ended up winning the championship, out of the water. And when Kyrie got hurt, which I'm not blaming him for that, but they were, great, they were a, a, I don't know, great team, but they were a good team when he was there. I mean, but he burns every franchise he goes to. I would give him away for a bag of balls, but I was more thinking about KD. He has a four-year contract. I don't know where he gets off thinking we're just – I mean, I heard reports he wants to go to Miami, but he's not allowing, like, four players like uh, Bam Adebayo to be in the deal. He doesn't want uh, Jimmy Butler in the deal. I was like, wait a second. You have a four-year contract. Now you're dictating terms of who could be in the deal? I'd be like, sit on the bench and rot. I don't like, don't play then. Like, if if the Nets don't get the players they want back in the deal, I'd let them rot on the bench. He has no leverage. I don't understand. Uh, but Kyrie, I, I, he's just not dependable. He's a great player when he's on the court, but look at how many games he's played. He doesn't. He doesn't show up. Um, Mike, solid call. Here, here's what, what I'm hearing as well, and this is the latest that's being reported, is that the Golden State Warriors winning without KD really frustrated KD and elevated this situation. 
and 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 took this demand to a whole new level. So that's a big reason why, yeah, he wants to get traded, but he wants to go to a team that he can win now because he wants to win more, more championships. Why? Because we as a sports society um, attribute the quote-unquote goats, greatest of all time, with as many championships as they win, even though we're talking about a team sport. I don't understand it. I don't agree with it. But it is our sports society, and it is what we do. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. And we got Joe Wiz joining us, uh, brought to you by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. How you doing, Joe? Hi, Anita. Thanks for having me on. And I was listening to your earlier segment. I could see you being a lifeguard, running down the beach and saving me while I'm fighting with the riptide. Saving you? Yes. <laughs> saving you? That would be the big challenge. <laughs> I actually, you know, I, I had a riptide situation. I was, down, I was down in Rehoboth Beach. This was a few years ago. I had gone for a I love running. I love running on the, I run every day. Or at least I try. Um, and I, I was running on the beach. I did about a good five mile run and I went into the water. Um, and this riptide <laughs> took me, took me under and took my, took my whole bathing suit. Exactly. So now I'm now so now I'm like I'm all disheveled. I'm like I'm I'm grateful to be alive, but I'm like standing in the waters in Rehoboth Beach, uh, you know, Delaware, totally naked. And so the lifeguard came running out, and and he was so kind. He had a towel. He draped a towel around me. But yeah, almost I was I almost you know died of a one of those riptides over there in in, in Rehoboth. Um, came up, <laughs> I was alive, but I was naked. <laughs> I'm glad you made it, and I'm sure uh, there was some uh, a lot of people running to the beach to see what's going on. But uh, I'm glad you made it, and uh, <laughs> you know I got caught in a riptide years ago down in Point Pleasant at the beach there, and it's very challenging. I'll tell you the least because they always tell you to you know swim uh, parallel, but it's very difficult because at the time your life is flashing in front of you. You don't know what's you, you don't know what's up or down. You don't know what's up or down. Exactly. I was just hoping like I was like trying to reach my hand above water and just try to feel that I'm, I felt like I was what I felt like was I was like in a dryer and my I was just spinning around I had exactly. no that's what that's what it felt like yeah but good for you you came up with your trunks I'm assuming <laughs> yeah I'm glad to be alive to be honest with you there you go there you go anyway Joe is joining us here on 98.7 ESPN as always every Saturday trying to help us win some money where do we begin? How about because we've been talking um, a, a lot about uh, the NBA and, and some. Oh, by the way. ooh, wait, before we get to your Mets pick, because the Mets are playing at four o'clock this afternoon. So very interesting. Heading into this Yankees Guardians matchup. We know Garrett Cole has been I'm calling him a whiffmeister. I've, I've created the word. So you have to give me credit for it. Okay. I was listening to you last night, by the way, on my way home from the racetrack last night, and I heard you have all those interesting stats. I love when you come up with all that good stuff because it saves me a lot of time. I don't have to do all the work. I can sit there, and uh, I know you had talked about it, so go ahead. So, so, so Jake and I have a little personal wager, a bottle of wine, on the line right now that, that Garrett Cole is going to be under six and a half strikeouts in this game against the Guardians, who are the best in Major League Baseball with the least amount of strikeouts. And like by a lot, 50 to the Astros, who are second. So right now it's bottom of the fifth. 
Um, Garrett Cole, he's got four strikeouts, but he's got 81 pitches. So he's got maybe 20 more pitches that he's going to go. He's going to try to obviously get through the fifth. So if they win, he gets the win. Anita, just hopping in. We actually have an update because the fifth inning just ended. And Cole ended it with a strikeout. So now he's at 89 pitches with five strikeouts. I don't know if they'll bring you him out for to- the sixth. So, I need so Joe, he needs sixth. two more. He needs two more. He's at 89 pitches, five strikeouts. He needs two more to win the bet. See ya. I'm betting in my live betting on the under right now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Joe, Let's talk I th- about. I thought we were closer than that, Joe. Come on. It's, it's business. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, 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 um, I don't like my odds either, so I'm with you guys, to be honest. But I'm trying to put that reverse jinx on it right now, so we'll see if it works. I, I would love Listen. to watch the game, but I don't have Amazon. I would love to watch the game, but I don't have Amazon. So we, I know. know. Nobody nobody, nobody could watch the Yankees this season. It's uh, I don't know. It's, it's a disaster. Anyway, the Yankees are up 4-2. Let's talk about the Mets. Uh, they play later on this afternoon at, at 4 o'clock. Uh, they're coming off of a win. Um, against the Rangers last night, 4-3. What's your play in this game, Joe? Yeah, and you take you take a look at it here. The Mets are barely holding on in first place here. Normally, they have their collapse in August or in September, and I don't expect it to happen. But because I think with Buck Showalter, the Mets are going to have more stability as the season goes along. Obviously, with their two pitchers, with Max and hopefully Degrom comes back here. But the pitching matchup here favors Perez. Uh, Perez is better. Trevor's in this. Trevor Williams is pitching. He's a one a one and four record um, with a three sixty four ERA, and Perez has been good. I mean, for the Texas Rangers, um, six and two with a 222 ERA, and he's 6-0 and in his last 10 starts. And he's a lefty here, and the Mets are favored at that Rivers right now, minus 129. I, I like the Texas Rangers here, and I know Buck Showalter's going to, uh, looking to uh, get past that record. He's going for 1,600 managerial wins. And last night he tied Tommy Lasorda, so a few of the Mets fans that may or may not know about that. So today he was looking to surpass Hall of Famer Tommy Lasorda to get that, uh, go past 1,600. But I think they're going to have to wait till tomorrow because Perez has a clear pitching matchup over Trevor Williams. I like uh, Perez in this matchup here. Martin Perez. Did you know that I went to a Beyonce concert with Tommy Lasorda one time? How was it? <laughs> I left early because... <laughs> <laughs> I left <laughs> I left early because it was the NBA championships and get this Beyonce's contract with City Field was that the Sweets could not play the NBA championships on the TV while she was performing. So That's the, I insane. so so I left. I was like, "You know what? I love you Beyonce, but uh-uh, not for me. Nope. Bye. See ya." And I came home to watch the I NBA championship. I love it. It's 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 business and uh yeah, that's interesting. Going there with Lasorda, that certainly had to be uh, an exciting uh, time though, for sure. But of, but but of all people to take in a <laughs> all people to take in a Beyonce concert with Tommy Lasorda. Oh, and Daryl Strawberry, by the way. Uh name dropping there, of course. <laughs> You could have you could have brought Lasorda to Hoboken right in our backyard and eat and have him hang you know listen to some freaks and nacho music. That would have been a little bit more appropriate. <laughs> no, it was it was crazy. Anyway, uh, let's continue to talk some uh, some Major League Baseball. Uh, you've got to play in the Padres Dodgers game later on tonight. Tyler Anderson on the bump. Uh, he's been masterful this season. 
how ironic we're talking about the Dodgers and uh, you know, but we were talking about Lasorda here. And you know, San Diego Padres just seem to have a t- difficult time. They cannot beat the Dodgers. I mean, the Padres have one of the better road records in all of baseball. They're twenty-five and seventeen. Um, but yeah, Tyler Anderson's eight and one. Um, but I think that you, uh, Darvish is just as good as he is. Our Darvish has a better ERA. Our Darvish's ERA is zero point nine eight this season. While even though uh, uh, Anderson is at eight and one, his ERA is very high in either at uh, 323, okay, and uh, Darvish in his last six, last four starts, his ERA is 161. Um, I'm taking Darvish here. Dodgers are favored um, in this matchup here at Bat Rivers at minus 148. I think the Padres get a win here with Darvish. I think he'll come up good. Um, you know, he had a small stint with the Dodgers um, uh, that didn't go well, but um, I like Darvish in his matchup here. The, uh, I think that this spot here with the pitching matchup here, I think that Darvish is pitching better right now this time of the season, regardless of the 8-1 record for Tyler. Hmm. How about that? Mm, now you're going to try and get a bottle of wine out of me, right? No, I'm mm, only kidding. Joe is joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. All right. Uh, some other stuff going on. One is the USFL championship taking place tomorrow. Birmingham going up against Philadelphia. Birmingham to win minus 205. That's a lot of juice. What side are you on? Yeah, uh, at that rivers the line's four and a half, and the totals are forty-four and a half. I'm certainly not going to do a money line at that spread. Um, the Stallions—they uh, beat New Orleans last week, thirty-one seventeen, and Philadelphia Stars pulled off an upset against the Generals here. Uh, I'm expecting a high-scoring affair in this game. I need. I'm playing the over forty-four. Uh, Birmingham, uh, you know, they they play well, but they could score. They're scoring twenty-three points per game, and uh, the Philadelphia Stars—they led the league in the USFL, averaging twenty-six points per game. So I, I think that they're you. We'll see some high scoring here. Um, uh, I'm going to go over the total, over 44. I can get that line at Bet Rivers. Interesting. Um, yes. And uh, and last but not least, what's give give us some more winners. Where where are you headed now? Well, I think everyone's going to be looking for some UFC action tonight. 276 Woo! on Paradise, Nevada. T-Mobile Arena. Big chalk. You know, I'm not going to be playing Israel Adesanya. He's minus 500 and either he's taking on Jared Kanya. But the fight, the distance. It's distance is not to go to distance. Five rounds. Minus 129 at that Rivers. I mean, Israel Adesanya should take care of Jared. But again, there's no value in there. He has the credentials. 22-1 and one record in the MMA. 11-1 and one in the UFC. Um, and, uh, Jared Kanye is 38 years old. Um, I think that this fight will not go the five five rounds. So my recommendation is to bet no, no five rounds. Go no, and it's minus 129. It's not too much of a distance. And in the featherweight, the co-main event, Anita, um, Alexander Volkanovsky is a 24-1 record going up against Max Holloway. Max Holloway is a 23-6. and six. Um, Here, I'm predicting an upset here. I'm going with Max Holloway, the Aussie, a plus 158 at Bet Rivers. Look for Max to get revenge against Alexander. Alexander's already beaten him twice. It's tough to beat anybody three times. That's not the reason. I've seen the fight before. I think Max will give him all he can handle and perhaps pull the upset at plus 158. Um, I like it. I'm, I'm going to, sh- this is, this is, and, and I'm about, I'm about to post this, by the way, uh, to my Twitter site. Guys, sound effects, please. <laughs> there you go. Thank you very much. All right. So here's, I'm calling this my weekend parlay. Are you ready? I'm writing it down. USFL Birmingham minus 205. UFC 276, the Tarantula Turner. Over Rydell at minus 145. 
Do you know why? Do you know why he's called? You know why he got how he got his nickname? By the way, no, I don't. Tell me. Um, he was terrified of tarantulas, so he bought two hundred of them to get over his fear of tarantulas. Interesting. Yes, so that's how he got his nickname. Tarantula Turner over Rydell tonight at minus 145 and JT Poston to win the John Deere Classic at plus 160. That parlay is plus 553. It's my weekend parlay. I love it. I wrote it down. Birmingham on the money line. We got Tarantula over Rydell, and we got Poston plus 160, plus 553. It's a good investment. I like the ROI in there, Anita. You bet 100 bucks, you get back 553. Hey, we're going to have a party uh, and have to celebrate one day and have some wine in Hoboken. Yeah, we'll just have Jake bring the wine because he's losing. Yeah, his, you know, Jake, no cheap wine either. He's, he's no cheap wine either. So, you know. Today. <laughs> I, I like. I like I like Opus One. Opus One will cost you a bean a little bit more, but it's worth it. Of course you do. He's Joe Wiz. Joe, thank you so much. Uh, much success this weekend, my friend. Thank you. Have a happy 4th of July to everybody. You got it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Anthony DeComo joins us now. You can see him all over MLB.com, SNY, MLB Network, covering all things Mets. So, Anthony, thank you so much for spending some time with us on this holiday weekend, Saturday. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Anita. How are you? I'm great. I, I mean, I'm working all weekend, but, you know, it's, it's, it's all well, good. Well, me too, but what are you going to do, right? Good thing. Hey, listen, this is what I tell people. Like, good thing we love what we do. Exactly. Right? Because you don't mind it. Our- I know I'm, at, I'm, I'm working today, but I'm also at City Field watching a game that 35,000 people are paying good money to see. So I, I certainly can't complain. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Let's get right to it. Everybody wants to know what's the latest with, with, with Jacob DeGrom. Yeah, he's going to start tomorrow uh, for Class A, St. Lucie. He's going to throw two innings or around 25 pitches, and then we will go from there. Um, You know, the Mets have been pretty tight-lipped about what his timeline can be, uh, how they're going to proceed with this, what it's going to look like in terms of number of rehab starts. When I spoke to pitching coach Jeremy Hefner a while back, he told me three to five rehab starts, and that does feel and sound about right still so you know if you go in that progression every five days or every six days or so you're probably looking at uh, maybe not right at the all-star break but a little bit after the all-star break in terms of Jacob DeGrom coming back certainly by the end of the month DeGrom should be back here at City Field with the Mets and you go from there Um, I don't think there's much doubt with anyone around the organization that you know if and when he's able to pitch he will be the Jacob DeGrom that we know, that we've seen, that we understand how good he is. Um, it's just a matter of can he stay healthy for the duration? And really, most importantly, can he be healthy in September and October when the Mets need him most? You know, it's interesting. You're like the fifth, you know, uh, reporter, analyst that we've had on the program who covers the Mets who said, oh, the Mets have been really tight-lipped about wh- why? Like, wh- like, uh, you know, uh, I, I, don't, I don't quite understand. You know, why have they been so close yeah. to the best in regard to... 
um, you know, the injury status or, or return status of, of Jacob deGrom? Like, like why, why do you think that is? Yeah, it's, it's a good question because they haven't been that way with other players. Um, you know, they've yeah. tried to make strides in terms of, um, you know, not being afraid to give timetables, knowing that not every player hits his timetable. Not every player, if you say we'll be out six to eight weeks, is out six to eight weeks, and that's okay. I, I think with Jacob deGrom, there's a couple things going on. One is that the type of injury he has, a stress reaction, is not like a strained muscle. It's not like a broken bone where you can kind of put a definitive timeline on it and know it to be to be more or less true, barring a setback. Um, you know, for example, Max Scherzer had a strained oblique, and when that happened, the Mets said this type of injury typically takes six to eight weeks to recover. And lo and behold, Scherzer will be back right around the seven-week mark, so right in the middle of that timeline. I think that's a lot harder to do with DeGrom with his injury, but I don't think that's the entire reason why the Mets have been tight-lipped. I think there's also kind of an unspoken acknowledgement that, uh, you know, maybe there's a little more worry here because this is a guy who has barely pitched the past couple of years. This is a guy who is not just important to the 2022 Mets and their playoff prospects and their World Series chances, but it's, it's kind of a generational-type pitcher. And I, I think they want to make sure that they have all their ducks in a row with this guy. They don't want to misspeak publicly. They don't want to do anything that could come back and, and construe Jacob deGrom as more perhaps injury-prone than he has been. So this is just me kind of speculating as to why the Mets haven't been as open regarding Jacob deGrom's injury as they have been with some other pitchers. Um but the bottom line is this, uh, you know, if and when he comes back and assuming he comes back by the end of this month, by the end of July, that's really all that matters at the end of the day. Um, you know, it, it's certainly on a track where you can see the timeline, even if the Mets aren't saying it. And, um, you know, if he's not back by the end of July, we will know that something went wrong. Um you know, when when he does come back, um, you know, time timeline wise, like, are, are you are you anticipating him to come back? Maybe you know that that the last two series against I want to believe it's it's Atlanta and Chicago, right? Or after the All Star break? I think it'll be after the All Star break. Like I said, I think you're looking okay. at um, that number of three to five rehab starts. So right now we're on July second. He'll make his first rehab start July 3rd. So just going out, doing the math, he, even if he only does three rehab starts, which I think is probably a little light, he, he might need four or, or perhaps even five. Um, I, I think the Mets are going to take their time. You know, they'll give him an extra day of rest between starts if he needs it. And, um, yeah, I, I think you're probably looking at right out of the All-Star break or maybe even a little later than that. But, but again, certainly by the end of July, we should see Jacob DeGrom back here in a Mets uniform. Well, it'd be great if he's active, as I like to call it, active and attractive prior to, of course, the Subway <laughs> series, um, at least the first two games that are going to be taking place at City Field, because that'd be great with that one-two punch if, if they can um, arrange it as such, where it's DeGrom and, um, and Scherzer going up against the Yankees. Uh, and, and speaking of Scherzer, uh, what we've heard is that he's going to join the team Tuesday in Cincinnati. So bring us up to speed. What is the la- what's the latest with Max? Yeah, he's good to go. He has made his two rehab starts. He stretched out to 80 pitches on the second and and last of those, and he is all systems go 
for Tuesday. Um, you know, it's not going to be vintage Max Scherzer in that he could just go out and you don't have to worry about him at all. Um, he'll probably be limited to around 90, maybe 95 pitches. Um, he's not going to go more than six innings in that start. Uh, but you know, you're going to have a healthy dose of Max Scherzer, and then assuming all goes well there, uh, he should be really, truly all systems go five days after that. And, and again, the Mets hope the rest of this season. Uh, they were careful with Scherzer. Scherzer was careful with himself, knowing that he would rather take a few extra days to get back than risk a setback, risk missing another few weeks. And that's exactly what happened. Scherzer did take a few extra days. Um, you know, he's back not at six weeks, but again, more like seven weeks. And um, I think there's a lot of confidence that this is behind him now. Uh, I believe Scherzer used the, the phrase, it's in my rear view mirror, and that he can just go forward beginning Tuesday and give the Mets the type of innings they anticipated when they signed him. Chris Bassett uh, put on the, the COVID watch list, right? And, and that was pretty late in the day yesterday. I was expecting him to get the start. Um, so what, what's the update on him? Yeah, no real update on Bassett. The Mets did know about it on Thursday, so they prepared David Peterson, and Peterson did do a great job in, in relief of Chris Bassett or in, in subbing for Chris Bassett yesterday. Um, we'll see. These can obviously be tricky situations when you're dealing with the COVID injured list. There's no minimum stay. There's no maximum stay. So um, once he passes the proper test that he needs to get back, once he goes through the protocol and all of that, he will be back. I mean, we've seen players need only a couple of days. We've seen players need a couple of weeks. So it's, it's a little tricky for me to sit here and say, you know, he'll be able to make his next start or, or he'll miss one more start or anything like that. Um, all we know is that, you know, it should be uh, relatively uh, quick compared to a player who might be injured. So certainly by the middle of, uh, by the middle of July, the Mets can be pretty confident having Scherzer and Bassett back in the rotation and then, Jacob DeGrom to follow. All right. So, so with that being said, all right, after the All-Star break, let's just assume DeGrom, Scherzer, they're back. How is this rotation going to look? Yeah, well, you've got the three at the top and Jacob DeGrom, Max Scherzer, and, and Chris Bassett. And that's really the most important part because those have been consistently, you know, the three pitchers with, with the best track records, the three pitchers that you know you can rely on and then you know once you get beyond those three i think it becomes very interesting once you get into a a discussion of who might be in your playoff rotation when it comes to that you you need one more starter right most teams go with the four man rotation in the playoffs and um you know different guys have stepped up at different times for the mets early on it was carlos carrasco who was pretty much lights out for the mets now he's tailed off and taiwan walker has been that guy recently and even more recently david peterson has really taken a step up um early early in the season was tyler mcgill and now he's injured so i i think it's going to be a matter of kind of who's healthy and who's hot behind those other three pitchers and it's a good problem that the Mets have because they do run about seven deep now with quality guys you can say are our number four and five starter um so it, it, we'll see it, like it's it's very difficult to kind of envision and forecast who that guy will be because again I think if you had asked me a month ago I would have said Carlos Carrasco if you had asked me a week ago I would have said Taiwan Walker if you ask me right now I say well David Peterson's looking pretty good so the Mets have um, you know a number of guys who they can stick in after DeGrom Scherzer and Bassett um, as we know we're, we're not that far away from the trade deadline August 2nd is it 
Um, I'm expecting the Mets to be, as I like to call it again, active and attractive and aggressive as well as the Yankees and uh, reading some of the players that both teams might be interested in. They might be going after a few of the same players that they want. We know the Yankees, of course, wanting to improve uh, their uh, their lineup, especially in regard to their, uh, their, their outfielders, with whether it's Gallo or Hicks, nonetheless. Um, you know, who's in play here for the Mets? You know, what, what, what can Mets fans anticipate as we get closer to the trade deadline? Yeah, I think the closer and closer we get to it, the more it seems like a bat is, is maybe even the number one need for this team. And um, I say that only because the Mets obviously need bullpen help and will almost certainly acquire bullpen help as well. Um, but there are, there's a lot of inventory there. There are a lot of guys you can look around the league um, – especially left-handed arms. You could envision the Mets making a move coming in. That's a relatively easy thing to pull off at the trade deadline. Um, Getting an impact bat is harder, especially when you're in the Mets situation and you don't want to give up, uh, you know, a lot of these top prospects in your farm system. You're trying to build something sustainable here. But that being said, the Mets understand that they need a little more offense. They have struggled, particularly in the power department. Uh, We came into this season saying, okay, The Mets are as well-equipped as any National League team to take advantage of the new DH rule, and yet the Mets have gotten virtually zero production from their DHs, whether that's been Robinson Cano early, Dominic Smith, J.D. Davis. They've all kind of struggled when put in that role. So um, certainly you can look at some of the top guys out there, um, and you can take off the names, whether that's Josh Bell in Washington or Trey Mancini in Baltimore, and certainly there are several others um, that the Mets will – talk about, mull, pick up the phone, call. And, um, yeah, I think there's definitely a need for a bat here, especially a power bat, someone who you can slot in as your everyday or close to everyday DH. And um, that can really make a big difference in terms of this team going forward. Again, Anthony DeComo joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Before I let you go, again, the Mets at it today at 4 o'clock. Um, Pete Alonzo has been cold as of late. I want to put a wager in that he's going to hit. He's going to get an RBI today. Are you feeling it as much as I am? I, I, I could definitely see that happening. Facing Martin Perez, a lefty. Pete obviously um, rakes against lefties. And, uh, yeah, I feel like he's been sitting on 69 RBIs for a while now. Um, I could definitely see him getting one today against the Rangers for sure. Fantastic. All right. You just, you just, you just sold me on it. All right. Uh, in, in, in the break, I'm going to make you that happen. You sold me, Anita. You sold me. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm really, I'm really excited. Uh, d- just for, you know, obviously the second half of the season, you know, I, I feel like, you know, I can't, first of all, I can't wait for the subway series to happen. Like I said, the first two at city, uh, in, 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 of course, uh, what was it the end of, is it the end of july or, or beginning of august something like that i think i think somewhere in august and then middle of uh, the august fi- yeah middle right, of august right middle of august and then and then the last two uh in the bronx and then i shared this earlier today the the, the brainiacs up in bristol the second highest you might not know this but the second highest probability of a world series matchup is yankees mets could you imagine anthony I can imagine. It has happened once before. Um, I, I was not covering at that time. But, yeah, no, I mean, look, Anita, you know the pulse of this city as well as I do. If you have um, – it, it's pretty rare that both teams are in a position even to make the playoffs, let alone that we can sit here and say they're both legitimate 
pennant contenders. So if you get a situ- in a situation where these teams do both run through the playoffs and make the World Series and face each other in the World Series, it, uh, on the one hand, it's, it's a bit of a pipe dream only because it's so difficult to pass those tests, even for the best teams, to get hot at the right time, to get the breaks they need um, in, in a sport that can be very luck-based in October and, and to ultimately do it. But if they do, you know how electric the city is going to be with their Yankees versus Mets pride and all that that entails. It would be, a, you know, a once-in-a-lifetime, or I guess maybe twice-in-a-lifetime type thing for New Yorkers. It, it would just, it would be tremendous. Anthony, thank you so much again for spending time with us on this holiday weekend. I so appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Anytime, Anita. Happy to come on. You got it. Anthony uh, DeComo. you can see all his work uh, really uh, on a number of, uh, of, of places, MLB.com, SNY, as well as the MLB Network. Great news uh, for Mets fans concerning, of course, Max Scherzer expected to join the team in Cincinnati on Tuesday. That's tremendous. And DeGrom uh, on a, uh, a time frame to, uh, to, to, to join this rotation after the All-Star break. Hopefully both these guys will be active and attractive when the Subway Series hits. And hopefully, I would imagine, uh, that they're going to work out the pitching schedule so that they will both pitch against the Yankees in that August, those two games at City Field. Man, uh, what, here's my What would you pay? 800-919-3776. How much would you pay for tickets to that Subway Series? Um, can you imagine? So let, let's just say, hypothetically speaking, uh, Garrett Cole against DeGrom and Nasty Nestor against um, Max Scherzer. Are you kidding me? What a fun two-game series that would be. Hopefully, that's how it'll all work out. By the way, Yankees up on Cleveland, 8-2. Now, here's where it gets interesting in regard to my little personal wager with Jake today. Um, so, it's, it's, uh, it's top of the seventh right now. I'm sorry. It's, right, it's bot- is it bottom of the seventh, guys? I think it's bottom of the seventh. We're moving to the bottom of the seventh, Anita. We're moving to the bottom of the seventh. And, and so, here's where it stands right now. Garrett Cole has six strikeouts. The over-under was six and a half. He has 107 pitches so far. And now it's 10-2, Anita. I would be stunned unless Jake has some friends. You know, I know he met Clay Holmes. Maybe he could text Clay Holmes, tell Cole to go back out there. Anthony, you work work for the Michael K show. You can't text him right now, tell him to send a text to Boone. But but here's here's the thing. The the, The most pitches... He's made in a game this season was 114, and that was like over a month ago. And also, when he does that stuff, Anita, because Cole's a gamer, he wants to be out there. It's because the game is close, right. or he had a bad start, and he wants right. to keep going. It's 10-2, and it's a doubleheader today. I'd be stunned if How Cole funny would this Jake? be? How funny would this be? After the <laughs> Jake, game... Jake, you owe me a bottle uh, of wine, not, baby. Not yet, I don't, until the, the relief pitcher runs out onto the mound. But how funny would it be if Cole comes out for one more batter strikes him out and then in the post game someone's asking Boone why did you bring out Cole at 107 pitches for one more and he goes well oddly enough I got a text from Michael Kay who got a text from Anthony Pusick who was told from Anita Marks and Jake Montgomery to let him out for one more strikeout but to your point yes at 107 pitches up 10-2 Unless Boone is really trying to save the bullpen for the second. Not second. happening, dude. And, and looks here like, and comes I, Chapman. And Woo! Uh, 
So the bottom oh, line all right. is all yours. In the in the break, I'm gonna go online. I'm gonna. So what do we? What do we like? What like realistically? I know you. I know you just got a new apartment in the city. So you know you're big time now. So what are we talking about? Twenty five dollar bottle of wine, thirty five dollar bottle of wine. What's 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 the I price range? I actually just put my two weeks in. So if you never hear from me again, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's some night, some ni- <laughs> some nineteen crimes, some Naomi, whatever's left over in the uh, in the studios that we have sponsorships. No, with. no, 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 no. I'm sending. No, I'm sending. I'm sending Jake my selection of wine. I just need. I just need to know what the price range is. You're listening to Anita Marks on ninety eight point seven ESPN.